Good evening. Good to see you all. Welcome. And welcome if you're joining us online. Um, if you're here with us tonight, um, there's refreshments afterwards, so um, please do stay and uh, enjoy each other's company and the refreshments that have been provided. If we were to ask each other what was perhaps the thing that people yearn for most, I suspect we'd have many answers. But I think one of the top of people's list is a friend, a real friend. John's going to be teaching us on this theme later. But for many of us, we can be confident and glad to say that we have a friend in Jesus who is completely reliable and amazingly patient. And our first song is based on a psalm where the psalmist expresses his hunger for knowing God. So let's stand and sing. And after that, Steve is going to be reading to us from God's word. So let's stand and sing when the music starts as the deer pants for the water.
We have two Bible readings this evening. And the first one is in Proverbs. Proverbs 27, and the first 12 verses. That's page 548 in the Church Bible. Proverbs 27, verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let another praise you, and not your own mouth. A stranger, and not your own lips. A stone is heavy, and sand is weighty, but a a fool's propagation is heavier than both. Wrath is cruel, anger is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. One who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry everything bitter is sweet. Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. Oil and perfume make the heart glad and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbour who is near than a brother who is far away. Be wise, my son, and make my heart glad, that I may answer him who reproaches me. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. And our second reading is in the New Testament, in John chapter 15, well-known chapter. We're just going to read from verse 12 to 17. It's page 902 in the Church Bible. John 15 and verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Thank you, Steve. We're going to join in singing again, a well-known hymn. But if you're like me... Perhaps it's something that we've sung through lots and lots of times. But perhaps we need to get a bit better at practicing what what, what we are advised to do in the second verse. 
where it talks about taking our problems to God, or in the second half, this first one. So let's uh, stand and worship as we sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Crowter, who is serving as a missionary in Papua New Guinea, and um, I heard of uh, a couple of things that she'd like us to pray for her, so I thought I'd mention them, so that when I mention them in prayer, they don't come as a surprise. She's just come back from a time of teaching, um, and she's come back to find that the power is out, and the power in Papua New Guinea is very unreliable, and Obviously, if you don't have electricity, it means that at sundown you can't do very much. Now, they're finding ways around it, but it's obviously very difficult for them on a practical note. Then, on a spiritual note, there have been quite a few deaths. And in the Papua New Guinea culture, when somebody dies, there's somebody to blame. And that still is quite prevalent in the minds of quite a few of the Christians or quite a few of the families that the Christians belong to. 
And that really leads to quite a, a war of thought and mind and heart and adds to the grief and adds to the conflict and can add to people turning their back on Jesus and fitting in with everyone else. So those are the two things that she particularly asked us to pray for. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we can pray to you. And we thank you that we have a friend. We thank you that you loved us enough to give your son and that he willingly came. And that he willingly came from the glory of heaven to be treated so badly on earth, to be despised, to be rejected, to take the punishment for each one of your children And Lord, we thank you that when he was here, he he said that he would never let anyone or anything rip any of your children away from him. That everyone who comes to him is safe forever. And Lord, we are sorry that so often our relationship with you is not what it should be. We've gone off with our own ideas. We've gone chasing for things that this world tells us will give us satisfaction and neglected our friendship with you. Oh Lord, forgive us. And Lord, help us not to be so foolish that we think that we can hide from you. To think that we can pretend that you don't know. Oh Lord, as we come to you now, we confess our individual sins. You know what we've thought. You know what we've said. We thank you, Lord, that you tell us that if we confess our sins you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And that that cleansing that you bought for us is complete. And Lord, we are sad that so often we forget how good and how amazing and how mighty you are. And we even forget to pour out our needs and our concerns before you because we're so preoccupied with what we're involved in. So Lord, we bring to you our needs. We bring to you what's facing us next week. Oh Lord, we're so different. And we pray that you will send your spirit into our lives so that we can joyfully live in the difficulties and the joys and the pleasures and that we can be light bearers to a world that needs to know that there is a friend who sticks closer than any brother. There is a friend who promises never to let us down. And the friend who lasts forever and will take us to be with him forever. 
Oh Lord, we do thank you for that truth. And pray, Lord, that many more will come to know that truth. Lord, we thank you that the children and young people have heard about you. We pray that as they've heard about you today, that you will make them more hungry to know you than they were before they started today. And that you will convince each one of them that knowing you is what they need to know. And Lord, we pray for first steps as that goes on. We pray that many of the parents there, and as they grow up, many of the children will want to come and know and love you. And we thank you for Rosie and the way that she's been willing to spend so much of her life in Papua New Guinea, helping the church there, teaching people about you. And Lord, we pray that you will help them to find a solution to this electricity power. Oh Lord, we pray that there will be a restoration of power in, in, in that area so that they are able to be more effective in serving you. And Lord, as we pray for natural light, we pray for spiritual light. Oh Lord, we do ask that the truth that you are in control that you're in control in life, that you're in control in death, and that for each one of your children there's a glorious hope beyond the grave, and that no one can do anything outside of your great and mighty power will be something that the believers know and love and live by, and that that will be seen in the community around them. Oh Lord, we do pray for an awakening there. And Lord, we pray that you will wake us up. We pray that there will be in our hearts and in our lives a sense of the power of God, that your Holy Spirit will work in us so that we are more hungry to know you. more conscious of how great you are and more expecting that that you will work, that you will hear our prayers, that you will change things and change things forever. Oh Lord, we do thank you that we're waiting. We thank you that one day you will come and we thank you that that one day everything will be sorted out. The great injustices will be dealt with. And then you will reign in all your glory. Oh Lord, we pray that you'll help us to be looking forward to that and to be living close to you. Oh Lord, we are looking forward to hearing from your word. We pray that you will help John as he explains it to us. And we pray you'll take his words and your word and that that will really come into our minds and our hearts this evening. Amen. So we're now going to sing about what our friend did when he came here. So let's sing. From the squalor of a borrowed stable 
by the spirit and a virgin's faith to the anguish and the shame of scandal came the saviour of our human race. Bible passage while I was away which got me thinking about the, the subject of friends about the subject of friends and that led me on to thinking of other uh, parts of the Bible which teach about this theme so I wanted to pick it up for us this evening friends an important part of life influential part of life Have a think about friends. Have a think about your experience of friends. Who have been your close friends? Or who are your close friends? Put a couple in mind.
who have been really good friends. Have there been some not so good friends? What friends are you really grateful for? Thank God for them. I don't want this to just be inwardly looking, selfish. What sort of a friend are you to others? Friendships can be great, can't they? But friendships can also be difficult. Friendships inevitably are of different degrees. Sort of like friendships, associates, something more intense. Some friendships become romantic friendships, lead on to marriage. Some friendships are very important. This evening we're not going to do a sort of comprehensive view of friendship in the Bible, though that actually would be really quite helpful, I think, but that's not the route we're taking this evening. As I thought about some of the Bible teaching on it, I thought of four types of friend, if you like, that are in the Bible. Four types of friend, I'm sure there are more, but four will be enough for us. So we're going to go through those four um, this evening, and I think quite a few of them will have a sort of something practical for us to think about in terms of our life, old and young. Um, Children here, I'm glad there are, this would be relevant for you, but it's relevant for all of us. And we're going to look at four different friends, and the the first friend I'm thinking of is uh, the blessed friend. The blessed friend, the good friend, the the friend that builds you up, the, the wholesome friend, the healthy friend, the blessed friend, the friend who is a, a blessing to your life. The friend who is faithful. We're going to be dipping into quite a lot of Proverbs this evening. We had some of them read, but in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. I think one of our girls at one point had a uh, poster or postcard given them about um, this theme and it said something like, uh, friends are like stars. The darker it is, the more they shine brightly. Faithful friends. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Perhaps you've had faithful friends. You can think of faithful friends. A friend who encourages you in the Lord. Think of Bible examples. Hmm. Perhaps David and Jonathan come to mind. The way in which Jonathan and David, Jonathan encouraged him in the Lord his God. Made me feel thankful for a friend I have and uh, more recent uh, uh, months or two. Uh, we've uh, been reading a, a chapter together, not, not together literally, but in tandem, if you like, in parallel during the week and just send a, a WhatsApp to each other about the highlights from that uh, chapter. It's been good. It's been good for me. And he's a good friend to me. Spiritually helpful for me. Friend who is uh, willing and love, willing to and lovingly tell you uncomfortable truths. We had a bit of that in 
Proverbs 27, didn't we? Verse 5 and 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Verse 17. Iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. You've got a friend who um, you're close enough to, you've got that sort of relationship and, you know, you're, you're free, they're free to tell you some uncomfortable truths and it helps you keep you on track. It's a good friend. It's good to have friendships like that. The blessed friend. The friend whose uh, words are a source of joy. Chapter 27 again and verse 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. So some friends, what they say, their influences, it's just so good. It, It makes life smell good and taste good. It's so helpful you like being with them. Made me thankful for another friend who listens so well to the things that I talk through with him and over the years has given such, such helpful insight and advice. A blessed friend. Such friendships are, are worth investing in and uh, maintaining still in Proverbs 27. Quite a few come together. That's why we asked Steve to read some of Proverbs 27, verse 10. Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend. There's some friendships that are really worth keeping, uh, investing in and keeping going and, and not allowing to drift or become distant. The blessed friend. I'm not saying there's only one. <laughs> Hopefully you've got more than one. But blessed friendships. Good friendships. Helpful friendships. You thank God for those friends. Perhaps that'd be one of the things you do afterwards this evening. Probably doing it already. Secret prayers. Oh, thank God for. And you put your, you know, fill in the name or the names. You're investing in such friendships. You see how good they are. You're wise to be doing so, according to Proverbs. You seek to be like that in your friendships. The blessed friend. Just different angles from Proverbs on the blessed friend. Well, that's one type of friend then in the Bible. The blessed friend. Thank God for blessed friends. I thank God for blessed friends. Many blessed friends who blessed me. Well, you can probably sense what the the next one might be. The bad friend. The bad friend. So some friendships are clearly not helpful, are they? They're clearly just not helpful. I think back when I started secondary school and um, I can think of some friendships which were not having a good impact on me. I can name them in my mind. I won't name them to you here, but I can think of some names and some characters and I was starting to get involved with them. And they were starting to have an impact on my life. 
And I know my parents were concerned about the effect it was having on me. And it was a relief to them when those friendship groups changed and sometimes I wonder what would have happened if I'd have stayed in and pursued, vested in, got closer into those groups of friends. Good to be thoughtful about our, our friends. Perhaps particularly when we're a bit younger, they're, they're very potent forces in our life, our friendship groups. Listen to these proverbs, I'm going to read a few and they speak into this, into this theme of the bad friend really. 12.26 has it like this in the ESV, one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbour, but most of the, the translations have something along these lines which is what I'm more used to, the righteous chooses his friends carefully. The righteous chooses his friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. See? Choose your friends carefully because it takes you somewhere if you get in with the wrong crowd. Going to the next set of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Next chapter 14, verse 7. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet the words of knowledge. A bit in chapter Proverbs 22, 24 and 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Thought-provoking, aren't they? And friendship, or the possibility of friendship, can be quite compelling, can be quite enticing, um, all of us to some extent, but maybe particularly when we're in younger years, we're looking for a sense of belonging and acceptance. And if we think that we might have that in a group of friends, it's very alluring. So it's, you can feel the power of it in the Proverbs chapter 1. You feel the power of what's happening here. My son, so it's a father giving advice to his son. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive. And whole like those who go down for the pit, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us. We will all have one purse, one kitty. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. Bad friendships, bad influence. Bible gets us to think about that. Especially true to think about in terms of close friendships. Romantic friendships. There's a principle in the Bible of the danger of 
what's called unequal yoking that is getting attached to uh, somebody who's heading in the different direction uh, from you. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. So in thinking of romantic friendships, important to think what influence will this have? It's not wise for a believer to get romantically committed and involved with somebody who's heading in a different direction and who's not yet a believer. It comes out elsewhere in another little pithy saying in 1 Corinthians 15. Put simply, bad company ruins good morals. So the bad friend. You have bad friends? Have friends that are a bad influence? Or increasingly unhelpful influence on you? Well, there's a balance, isn't there? We want to bless people. Jesus is the friend of sinners. Jesus has been a friend of sinners to us. We want to be friends of sinners, as we want others to be a friend of us, even though we're sinners. We want to be salt and light. We are encouraged to have connections and be of influence to others, have people round for a meal who are not Christians. There's things to think about here, so I don't want to be oversimplified. But, well, prayerfully and with the Spirit's help, we, we can discern what was what, what, what there's difference, isn't there? There can be a magnetism sometimes, and, and you sense that a, a friendship has got too strong a pull on you, and, and it's pulling you the other way rather than you having a, a, an influence for good on a person. And, and that, that's worrying, that's an alarm bell should signal there if that's the case. Sometimes we need to. Um, steer away from a friendship or we certainly need to avoid certain friendships, make wise choices. Um, Sometimes we need to backpedal a little bit in certain friendships. Sometimes we even make a, a very polite but deliberate break in a friendship if we know it's not doing us good spiritually. So that's the second friend you come across in the Bible, the bad friend, the blessed friend, the bad friend. And then the third, and this is what led me on to this uh, little message this evening, because this was the psalm I was reading. It's um, the betraying friend. The betraying friend. The cheating friend, the unfaithful friend friend who lets you down. Um, and the psalm that God used to nudge me onto this theme was Psalm 55. Psalm 55. That's a very um, expressive psalm, song of David. Um, he feels a sense of anguish and, and, and horror. He's um, He's overwhelmed, actually. That becomes clear. He would love to escape and um, 
get out of his situation, you know, press the eject button and zoom off somewhere else, fly away from his difficulties. That's the sort of scene that he is in. But what seems to be most painful um, in all this is the actions of one individual. It's the actions of one person that seems to be at the heart of it. And, And it wasn't someone who was, if you like, a long-term enemy, enemy number one of David. But it was somebody who seemed to be a close friend. And we read about it in verses 12 to 14, where he says, For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We talked in the throng. And we find out even more in verses 20 and 21. This person broke his promises. He had charming words. He sounded good. But they were, if you like, a a, a cloak for underneath for the painful dagger which he was digging in. Sometimes it can be like that. You have somebody who seems so kind to you. In public they're so charming, so nice. But in other situations, maybe private situations, the the knife is going in. Nobody else knows about it, but you feel it very painfully. Verses 20 to 21. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. And being let down in that way, being betrayed, being cheated on, being duped, is it? Is it being double dealt with? It's very hard to cope with. It's very hard to cope with. Broken promises, unfaithfulness, hypocrisy, what what seemed to be such a great relationship and it's turned so unkind and sour and maybe you're part of it but maybe you're not. It's actually, it seems here that it was just being done to David. And of course, if you read a psalm like this, who do you think of? Well, I find I read a psalm like this and I think of, of what Jesus went through. We, we sang, didn't we? Through the kisses of a friend's betrayal. If you notice when Judas is mentioned in the Gospels, most times, if not every time, most times it comes with a trailer. You get the vehicle, the name Judas, and you get a little trailer the one who betrayed him, the one who betrayed him. Time and again, even when it's not on the theme of betrayal, that is what, because it, because it was so wrong, because it was so deep, because it was so sinister, because it was so hurtful, so painful for the Saviour, the one who betrayed him, the one who betrayed him. Well, we don't experience it like Jesus. For us, it, it, the betrayals we experience don't lead to the cross as it did for him. But it can lead to a heavy load. I think betrayal can be a heavy load. In in some situations, I think a sense of being cheated on and let down can be the biggest load. In a messy situation, it can sometimes be the weightiest load. 
and it's experienced by people, maybe in, in marriages, maybe in close friendships, maybe in work situations in a number of ways, perhaps different ways, obviously work is a slightly different situation, but it's possible to be let down, betrayed, cheated on, dealt with badly in many work situations. And and what do we do with that load that we experience, the betraying friend or the betraying colleague or the betraying spouse? Or Well, there's a whole... A whole mass of different situations, aren't they? But here, in Psalm 55, it leads us to verse 22, a special verse, a verse that some of you will know, but maybe you didn't realise quite what situation it's come in. Well, this is the situation it comes in. Verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So that's what you do with your burden. And maybe other things you do as well, but that, that's the key thing. You cast it on the Lord. So you have a, a backpack, and it's not like one of these little rucksacks. It's like one of these sort of, you know, Duke of Edinburgh or whatever, or one of these hikers who's got a, a week in, the, you know, and their, their, their backpack is almost as big as them. Where you've got the backpack, the burden, and it's as if you've got logos written on it, it's the word betrayed, betrayed, betrayed. And that's your burden. And what are you to do with that burden? You're to roll it off of you onto the Lord. The Lord Jesus knows what it is to be cheated on, to be betrayed, to be let down. You have a point of resting. You can unroll it off of you onto him. Cast your burden. That is the context for this, this lovely verse. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He won't let you down. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So maybe to some extent, hopefully not many of you and hopefully not very seriously, but some of you will have done to some extent. You've experienced something of what it is to to experience the betraying friend. And then there's that verse, verse 22, which is such a help in that very, very big burden that that, that you're, you're bearing. And it leads us on, really, this idea of casting our burden on the Lord leads us on to the last of our, our four friends in this message. And perhaps you've got there, it's probably what you thought were going to be one of the headings, especially when they all start with B. The best friend. The best friend. Uh, one of the Proverbs, Tony quoted it in prayer, I think, one of the Proverbs leads us to, to value the best of friends. It's... Um, 18 and verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And um, I think I guess you're thinking about friendship, but I think it's one of these things which is a, a bit of a tease, it's not quite the right word, but a bit of a conundrum maybe, I think it gets you thinking, I think it's meant to get you thinking beyond just human friendships. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Lift your eyes, 
You know, don't just think of your classroom. Don't just think of your squash club. Don't just, you know, lift your eyes. Think about who this is. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And we come to the staggering fact in the Bible that it is possible to have a friendship with the almighty, majestic, transcendent, glorious God. Comes out in the New Testament. We'll touch that in a minute. But it is actually there before even we get to the New Testament. Did you know that? Think of the way Abraham is referred to a couple of times. This comes in the New Testament, but let's pick it up in the Old. In Jehoshaphat's prayer, 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 7, when he's praying, talks about uh, God driving out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. Isaiah 41, verse 8. You might say, well, that was Jehoshaphat speaking in prayer. Here, to Isaiah, the Lord speaking directly. Verse 8, chapter 41. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. My friend. Do you know God as your friend? Wow. That's something, isn't it? Abraham, James tells us, was called the friend of God. Some children's choruses. I tend to be more in touch with what was being sung in Sunday school 10 or 20 years ago, so they're probably not sung now, but older ones here will probably remember them being sung. Maybe the younger one. Jesus is the best friend of children. Oh, the best friend to have is Jesus. You might say, on life, friendships have been a minefield. They are complicated business, aren't they, friendships? There's a, a book, I love the subtitle, or maybe the, I can't remember what it's called, but the, I think the subtitle is Relationships, A Mess Worth Making. And, and relationships can be messy, can't they? Usually are messy to some degree. Friendship, maybe you say, friendships have been such a minefield, maybe you feel absent in terms of human friends as much as you'd like. You have the Lord as your friend. Tops everything, doesn't it? And as the Son of God comes and he teaches and we see himself described as a friend. He's a friend of sinners. He is the friend who is always faithful. He is the friend whose teaching is so good and sweet and savoury and yet also truth-telling. He is the ultimate friend. And we read about it in John 15 where Jesus describes his relationship with his disciples in this way. It will be, well let me read the verse, verse, no I'll tell you, it's an amazing thing to be called a servant of God isn't it? You know to be welcomed back, that's what the prodigal one did, he just had me as a servant. It's an amazing thing to be a servant of God. But here we're told by Jesus that 
We're more than servants if we're his disciples. No longer, verse 15, do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. There's an openness. Friends pass on things that need to be known by somebody else, and Jesus befriends his disciples, he teaches his disciples, he's taught you if you're a disciple. You're you're his friend. Some friends are very um, kind, they they give. You think examples of friends given to you, maybe they give you gifts which make a big difference at certain times, they give you time, They, they give you a listening ear, and that's a big thing these days, isn't it? And you maybe think of particular things that friends have sometimes done. You think, well, it's just, you know, how, how, how could they do that for me? Or why, why, could, why could they be so thoughtful for me? That was so costly. That was so kind. But then we come to Jesus who just sort of trumps them all, if you like. In verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus has done. That's what the best friend has done. He's laid down his life for his friends. And this friend, he'll be the focus of your your good friendships, will often point you to this best friend. He will be your recourse when you have to move away backpedal from bad friends and you're feeling a bit vulnerable and a bit worried about the implications you have a best friend he will be your consolation if you encounter the betraying friend he is a friend who sticks closer than a brother the best friend do you have a best friend in the Lord Jesus normally want to be with your friends, don't you? The friends that you like most. It's not a chore, it's a delight, isn't it? You're, ah, oh, they're coming around, oh great. Some relationships, sort of, I suppose they're friendships, but you feel a bit on eggshells, not quite sure what to say, how it's going to go. But close friends, when they come, you pick up where you left off, you just... Running straight away, aren't you, in terms of your friendship and your relationship. Love being together. And Jesus says this about his friends in his prayer a couple of chapters later. John seventeen twenty four. Father, I desire that those also who you have given me may be with me where I am. I don't want to be too simplistic, but Dad, I want my friends round. And there's some similarities in what Jesus is praying. Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am. I want us to be together. And as Jesus wants that for his friends, believers, disciples, so believers feel the same thing. Paul, Philippians 1, 
I desire to be with Christ, which is far better. Or in 2 Corinthians 5, in the tent analogy, comes on to say this in verse 8. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Wonderfully, friends together. The best friend. I thought this afternoon on, on my walk, didn't notice it this morning, it was one of the songs that was picked by Mark, but uh, one of them ended its verse in this way, Be still, my soul, your best, your heavenly friend, through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. The best friend. Well, I'm hoping that in amongst uh, those different sorts of friends in the Bible, there is some, some help for you at this time in your current situation. And just, just pause for a, a minute or so for you to perhaps pick one of them that's especially spoken to you, been relevant to you this evening, and just, just pray through in response to it before we have our, our closing song. Well, we'll come to our final song. We've already had one on the theme of friendship. What a friend we have in Jesus, which is perhaps the best known. Um, this is one by John Newton. And uh, it fits well with a lot of the things that we've covered. One there is, above all others, well deserves the name of friend. His is love beyond a brother's, costly, free, and knows no end. Those who once his kindness prove, find it everlasting love. Let's stand for our last song.
Father, we, we thank you for the blessed friends, the friends who are a blessing to us. Help us to be a blessing also to others. Give us wisdom to avoid bad friendships. Keep us from being a source of a bad friendship. Lord, where we face let down, cheating, unfaithfulness, betrayal. Oh Lord, help us in those situations. Help those who've gone through that pathway. May they be able to to pass the rucksack of betrayal onto you. Cast their burden on the Lord. We thank you for the amazing fact of a best friend. That you are willing to be known as our friend. That it is your purpose, Lord Jesus, to have us with you where you are. Lord, we thank you for the wonder of that truth. And we pray that may encourage us. We ask all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.